host, TJ Buffenbarger. Thank you, Beth, and hello, world. Welcome to another edition of the TJSlideways.com podcast. Later on this edition, Cap Henry, winner of the 2020 Attica Raceway Park and Attica Fremont Challenge Series titles, We'll swing by to discuss his 2020 season, but before we dig into things, don't forget, please support our loyal sponsors, All-Star Performance, Engine Pro, and Maxim Racing Chassis. To start things off, though, took a moment to sit down with Brian Liskai, the announcer at Attica Raceway Park and Fremont Speedway. Uh, Brian called in and helped us preview the upcoming Jim Ford Classic featuring the Allies Bargain Outlet All-Star Circuit of Champions presented by Mobile One on Friday and Saturday. Now, Brian and I go back over 20 years, so it's just fun to record a little bit of audio. We've done various radio things over the years. I've been lucky enough to be a guest on Brian's various radio outlets a few times, so it was nice to have Brian on our platform to preview the Jim Ford Classic. Get ready for the big Ford Classic weekend. I couldn't think of anyone better to bring in than the voice of the Fremont Speedway, Brian Liskai, taking time out of his evening to join us here. And Brian, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to do this. No, absolutely. Yeah, it is a big weekend. And uh, one thing I was talking about earlier um, in the day was one thing we've noticed this year is between the two tracks, Attica and Fremont, it's really hard to find someone that's really run well at both of them consistently. It seems like, you know, someone people have done well at one or the other. Um, how do you think that'll bode for this weekend? You know, who are we going to see maybe up front giving the All-Stars a run for their money? Well, you know, if you just look at just Fremont, uh, this coming into this week, Cole Duncan's got two wins at Fremont. Uh, the new newly crowned track champion, Nate Dussel's got two wins at Fremont. Um, it, it, it's been a, one of those years. It really has. And, you know, DJ Poos now has put together a couple wins here in, in the last, you know, three weeks. Uh, so he's coming on strong at the right time. Uh, you know, Buddy Kofoid got an all-star win, but he won't be here uh, this coming weekend. Uh, you know, Aaron Reitzel uh, also got an all-star win at Fremont this year. He, you know, he's going for to wrap up his third uh, championship uh, this weekend. So, it's going to be a really interesting weekend. If you look back, uh, this is the 13th annual Jim Joanne Ford Classic. And, you know, it, it was dominated uh, the last, you know, six, seven, eight years by Dale Blaney, Tim Schaefer. Well, you, you got to imagine Tim Schaefer is going to come over here for a 5,000 win on Friday and 10,000 on Saturday. And it, it's it's going to be a good mix, I think. You're gonna, it, It's going to be up for grabs this year. You, you know, like I said, years past, you could say, well, this is going to be either Dale Blaney or Tim Schaefer. And I, I think the locals got just as good a chance as anything. And, you know, even this past weekend, Byron Reed, a seven-time track champion, kind of came to life, set quick time, and, and ran up in the top five the entire race. So it, it's going to be a really, really different weekend, I think. Yeah, I got that sense, too. I don't really see, like a like you said, a definitive favorite. And usually, like, there's a definitive local that's going to, you know, is the like, this is the guy that has a shot at beating these, being the All-Stars there. I don't really have that sense out of anybody because, like you said, the wins have been so spread out. Other than Nate Dust has been very consistent. I think he's only had one or two nights outside of the top five at at uh, Fremont, hence he w- wins the track championship. And as I said, DJ Boos here in the last month has really come on strong. You know, Cap Henry's got a win here. He was dominant at Attica, 
kind of struggled at times at Fremont this year, but he does have a win here. So, you know, th- that team has certainly been something to deal with here in Northwest, North Central Ohio this year. And, you know, you look at the All-Star last year, you know, Christopher Bell came in here, put that team together in one week and came in here and won the Jim Ford Classic. So I don't know if he's coming. I, I have no idea. But if he does, he's got to be considered a favorite. You know, he just runs well at Fremont. Yeah, and should be an interesting week down there. And uh, a good way to wrap up what's been a very unusual season for all of us. Uh, we've covered this quite a bit on the podcast and stuff. So I have to ask you, what did you do to kill the time? Because you guys weren't racing until quite late in the spring, early summer. And uh, what did you do to kill the time? I, I did a lot of camping. <laughs> did a lot of camping and you know it, it's funny you say that because i think attica uh had 23 or 24 races originally scheduled lost the first 12 because of this added some races in there ended up the year having 15 shows in so basically they lost nine shows and if you look at the weather pattern early in the season out of those 12 they lost they might have been lucky to get four or five of them in fremont had i believe 19 or 20 shows scheduled we get these two in this weekend they will have 14 races this year so uh, I, I think the track personnel around here did a heck of a job of, of moving around scheduling and, and getting in and working with the health departments to get these races in this year. Yeah, and, and I think that is one thing, an excellent point you brought up, because had this fallen later in the summer, it could have been a lot worse, really, for the racing oh, situation yeah. down there. I mean, it really, I thought about the first month of it, it snowed like the first two weeks of it up here. So, I, <laughs> I mean, so we weren't going to do anything. I'm like, well, this is like ideal. I mean, it wasn't even good snow. It was like crummy, wet, gross, melty kind of snow. Yeah. So, I mean. You know, I think the All-Stars, I, I was talking to Ross Paulson this past Saturday. I think they've got 45 or 46 shows in this year. Oh, that, uh, they did a heck of a job of rearranging <laughs> going to states where the, the restrictions weren't as tough and, and where they could race. and those teams adapted. The series adapted. Everybody in the racing world is pretty, pretty flexible when it comes to that sort of thing, and it's pretty cool to watch how that happened this year. Yeah, Oklahoma in that area ended up with the big being the big winners in that deal. I mean, those all-star shows had huge crowds and good response. I think there might actually be something there that they might be able to build upon. It might have been kind of uh, stumbled onto something there a little bit with that tour. If they can, if they can yeah, figure out, like, able to get the old thunder through the planes back. Through yeah, there. I think that, the, you know the, the old days of that. I think the trick will be trying to find a gap in the scheduling, though, where you're going to be able to take right. cars down there. But I mean, it, definitely the fan response, though. I mean, they packed every place. I think they'd probably do it again, to be honest. No, absolutely. Uh, and and I, they're already. I know the All Stars are already putting together dates for uh, 2021, talking about Ohio Sprint Speed Week. They were talking the tracks over the past two or three weeks. So they're already hard at work doing that uh, and getting things ready for 2021. What's been the vibe you know, since Fremont went back? Have you guys, you know, the first couple of weeks after everything got going, what's been the vibe over at Fremont, you know, after the it, layoff? It's been, uh, it's been really interesting. I, I We've had, uh, you know, really good crowds. We've had really good car counts that's been the surprising part uh you know there's been nights where uh, on a saturday night fremont's run and, and you had sharon running and wayne county running and atomic running and we were still you know in, in the low to mid 20s on car count so that that's the interesting part that the race teams have have stuck around and the fans have stuck around and the other thing that's interesting is you know, all the gloom and doom of the economy you hear on the news uh, we've had some great marketing partners step up almost every week, throw $100 here, $1,000 there, 
into the purse. Uh, it's just been phenomenal to watch that this year. Yeah, one thing I thought was interesting is even with, you know, you figure with a lot of the people out of work and stuff with this, and I kind of look at your 305 and your truck divisions there. You had 40 305 cars score points this year and 41 trucks. And I think that's, you know, another sign of the strength of the economy down there. Because do you think if it was going to impact anyone, it's probably going to be those two classes. That's usually the truck division is a good barometer of what the economy is. Because those are all, you know, not that they aren't all working class guys, but those are guys that have factory jobs and, and things like that, blue collar workers. And when you can get your numbers up, that means they have some money you know, that they can can use to, to go racing and things like that. And we've had so many brand new uh, truck teams this year. So I'm encouraged. I, I, you know, I turn off the television and just go out and talk to people. They're, the People are encouraged by what's going on in this country, I think. That's good to hear. So coming into the weekend, what's, you know, where, what's the sense around town? How's everything? Is, 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 you think this could be a bigger weekend because we've gotten such a late start and everyone wants to get out and get one more race in? That and the weather. Uh, I know, I, I, based on our social media inquiries and and uh, inquiries for media and things, it, camping. Oh my goodness, the amount of people that have been contacting us over the last two weeks for camping. We do a nice job. The fair board does a very nice job. It's a nice campground across the street. We're going to have a trick or treat for the kids uh, Saturday afternoon. We're going to have a band after the races over there Saturday night, and I, I, I foresee a big, big turnout, uh, especially for Saturday night's racing. Yeah, so make sure to get there early because uh, uh, it's a great camping experience, too. I can vouch for that. I've camped for many years at the Sandusky County Fairgrounds. It's actually a pretty nice place to camp. It's a pretty good location, so you make sure to do that. So, yeah, I think it's, I'm, think you guys are set up for a really awesome weekend. So, Brian, if people want more information on what's going to happen, what's been going on, where can they find it about Fremont Speedway? Uh, our website's being uh, is under construction. We're, we're working to try to get a new webmaster, so to speak. Uh, but uh, Ashley does a wonderful job with our social media on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, she puts out, you know, those those puts together those little billboards. I call them that has the ticket prices, gates, and all the valuable information like how much camping is and all that good stuff on there. So follow Fremont Speedway on Facebook and Twitter, and and you can get all that all that great information that's out there. Uh, it'll be great to do. So what, how many, how many more races are you working after this one? You got any freelance gigs coming up or is this going to be it for you uh, once, uh, you're done, to, done on Saturday? The rumble in Fort Wayne, uh, which is, uh, I talked to Larry Bowes the other day, uh, full steam ahead on that so far. Uh, you know, unless of course the COVID rules can change. It, that, that's the thing that's been frustrating this year for racetracks. You know, you plan on going racing one week and then all of a sudden something changes and the health department sends you a letter you got to scrap everything and start over. But right now, it's full steam ahead on that uh, coming up um, in mid-December uh, with the midgets and, and the 600s and the go-karts and all that. So, uh, you know, that that's probably going to be it for me uh, this year. But, you know, like I said, I want, I want to applaud the race teams. Uh, they've been flexible, too. The racetracks have added dates. Uh, you know, and, and most, of, most of the race teams have been very understanding. Uh, some people say, well, you know, you wouldn't plan on racing this weekend. Well, you know, we weren't um, planning on waiting 12 weeks to go racing either. We weren't planning on this pandemic coming up, but uh, most of the race teams have been very understanding and very supportive this year. And I don't know what it is, and I don't know if it's just me, but it seems like the quality of all the racing, and it seems like it doesn't matter where you go. I don't know if it's just everyone got rusted up with the later start or whatever, but it just seems like to me, 
we've had tremendous racing, the best maybe in like three or four years that I've seen just about everywhere. Top top to bottom, from sprint cars yeah. to late models to, to you know dirt trucks to bombers to midgets to from uh, from sea to sea. It, it has been absolutely phenomenal. And you, maybe it's just because we see more of it because of all the streaming services. But man, it just seems like. Every race uh, weekend, there's uh, one of those nail biters that comes down to a bumper winning or some or last lap pass. It has absolutely been phenomenal this year. Yeah, and I don't think it's just the streaming either because we've done a lot of streaming from here the past three years, and believe me, there have been pretty some pretty stinkers, you know, amongst the bunch. But I mean, I don't know what it is this year. What's in the water or whatever it is? If it's just a perfect storm of talent and like technology and. Where else it is, but man, just everywhere, every week, it just seems like it doesn't matter where you go, you're going to see a great race. And uh, I think this weekend we could be looking at another one of those deals at Fremont. I absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm going to predict that uh, you're going to see somebody come from, uh, you know, fourth or fifth mid-pack and, and win this thing in the last two or three laps on Saturday night. I, I really see that. Roger and, and the gang have had – They've really got the handle on the racetrack. They started out new in this last year. They struggled early this year, but I'm telling you, the last uh, four, five, six races, they've really got a nice handle on this, slick in the bottom to a nice cushion up top, and we've had passing all over. So the weather's going to be absolutely chamber of commerce. Uh, weather talking about mid seventies. You're, sunshine, you're jinxing uh, yourself. It's 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 two, no. it's Monday. You don't talk about the weather yeah. on Monday. Come on, Brian. There's not a drop of rain coming until next week. <laughs> okay, all right, okay. So you're from this guy. So if it starts raining on Friday and Saturday, <laughs> you contact him. I I don't dare talk about the weather until about Friday. But uh, in all seriousness, yeah. Brian, though, it's going to be a chance to catch up finally in this deal. And uh, uh, best of luck this weekend. Look forward to hearing you do a little bit of work. All right. Thank you, TJ. Appreciate it. Cap Henry has experienced some extreme highs during the 2020 season. That include a pair of Ohio Sprint Speed Week victories with the All-Star Circuit of Champions, along with the Pete Jacobs Memorial victory over at Wayne County Speedway. Add to that the two championships, and it's been a tremendous year. But he also had a very rough stretch in July where the team had suffered several uh, uh, crashes, some mechanical issues, and uh, had to regroup a bit, but bounced back to have a strong end of July and through August, uh, collecting more wins, including that one at Wayne County. And uh, has to be considered one of the favorites going into the Jim Ford Classic weekend. So it felt like it should be natural to go ahead and sit down and cap Henry to look forward to the weekend at Fremont Speedway. Two thousand twenty Attica Race Raceway Park Champion and twenty twenty Fremont Attica Challenge Series Champion joining us tonight, Cap Henry. And Cap, we were talking off the air. It's been like the extreme highest of highs for you, and then there's like a dip of low, but still you managed to put together a tremendous season. Yeah, we were um really fortunate with the you know, everybody we started racing late. And uh, so to win as many races as we did, you know, it meant a lot. Um, it just showed how good the whole team worked together. And like you said, it got pretty rough there to where we kind of ran out of equipment and we got really fortunate that some sponsors came on board and all our good marketing partners worked with us and we were able to you know, put stuff back together and we were able to get back to running up front pretty quick. 
So let's talk about from the start. First of all, we're all, you know, we all kind of were in the same boat this spring, not doing much of anything. So what did you do during the quarantine and the downtime to try to stay sharp? I did a little bit of the eye racing that everybody was doing. I did some of that. And, um, you know, other than that, I didn't really do a whole lot. I ran on my treadmill thumb just to try and stay physically ready. But, uh, you know, just kind of just chilled out and waited till we could do something. I was lucky that I got to run a few go-kart races before sprint car season started. So I was able to do a little bit and feel a little bit ready. But, um, you know, still just kind of had to wait like everybody else. How different was it with the later start? Because we always hear drivers talk about being a race shape you know, and getting into race shape. Was it any different getting the later start trying to get into race shape or was it just about like any other opening night just later? Uh, I didn't really feel that it was any worse or any different. Um, you know, it only took us about one night where then, you know, everything felt normal again and we were able to just get to it. Um, so for me, I, I was able to jump right back into it pretty quick. And you definitely came out firing, man. The first part of the year, it's like you guys were clicking right off the bat, cranking out. You even got, I believe it was three wins in a row, if I remember right, or at least three wins right at the beginning. Uh, I don't remember exactly if it was like, it was definitely we won like an Attica on one night and then a Wayne County the next night. Um, yeah, and but then, yeah, we were able to. Yeah, and then we it was a couple to, weeks in between. Yeah, I just pulled it up. So. <laughs> yep, we started. We started off real well. We were fortunate that the whole year we ran the car that we actually finished the 2019 season with. So we were actually really fortunate in that sense that we were able to start the year with a car that we had a few races on. We knew what to do with it. Um, so it was easy to get back into a pattern and just work forward. So that was a big step there at the beginning of the year that we weren't learning anything we were applying what we knew already now was that by design or did that just happen to work out that way it just kind of happened to work out that way actually we had um put a new car together at the end of 2019 um that brett had purchased for us and that was the car that we had won our first all-star race with at wayne county and then um you know so we were happy with the car obviously at that point so we were able to we finished out the year with it and then um you know it was Obviously, the plan at that point was for it to be the primary car, so we just started the year with it, and uh, we did have to pull out another car at one point, and we just kind of struggled with just keeping the equipment together. Um, but my you know, crew chief, Zach, um, awesome fab guy, he was able to actually fix it and put it back together, and we were able to get back to winning with it right away after we, it was repaired. The Ohio Speed Week deal, getting two wins, one in Attica and one in Wayne County. Where do those wins rank in your career at this point? Would you put those at the top? Um, I don't know if they were the highest ones, but the, especially the Attica Speed Week show really meant a lot. Um, I had come really close to winning that a few different times over the years with my own cars and other people's cars. So to finally win that, all-star show at Attica and for it to be a speed week show that definitely meant a lot to me um and especially to do it it's always fun to win in front of your hometown crowd and for a team that's a essentially a weekend team you guys aren't on doing a lot of midweek stuff and you're not pulling up and down the road when you're going to run even a half Ohio speed week or a majority of it how difficult is that and how does it change your preparation to be able to prepare for that many races in a row um, it's always tough to prepare. Um, and 
we've been lucky in the sense that we've slowly been building our program to I'm not saying that the plan is to go all-star racing, but the plan is to be equipped to do that type of racing. So we've been fortunate in the sense that we've been building the team towards that. And then we're fortunate that, you know, Zach Myers, the crew chief is really good at his planning. He's very well ahead of his age and knowing how to prepare, how to get stuff ready. And then, you know, I've traveled a lot, been with a few different teams. So I kind of know what we have to have, what it helps to have. So in that sense, even though that we're not a traveling team, we do have an idea what it takes. Now, after Speed Week, at least for a couple of weeks, it's like the wheels fell off. I mean, when you're going through a stretch where you're tearing up equipment and a lot of it, maybe not even you're doing just terrible luck. And so things aren't going right. How do you manage to not let it go completely off the rails? Because by the end of the month, you guys are back on pace. But when you're going through those couple of weeks in the doldrums, it was really closer to about a three week stretch. How do you guys keep it on track and keep it positive? Uh, we're just a, in that sense that we're a pretty good group of people that everybody, nobody takes anything personal. They always just keep working forward, working forward. Um, we finally skipped a race at Fremont so that we could just go through all our equipment and put a car back together and not rush to do it. Um, so that was probably the biggest thing for us was just, we took that, that weekend off and just to rebuild and make sure that we were ready to go when we started racing again and that was what it took for us how, you know how easy is it to make the mistake though of not doing that i mean you think earlier in your career you would have made that decision of hey let's take that week off and rebuild you know because a lot of times you see teams trying to rush like you said and it might not be quite right it's really easy to do and 100 um, percent um probably every other year of my career we'd have just slammed another car back together and tried to make it work. And um, so I appreciated the effort by everybody and taking that time just to make sure that the car was right. Um, you know, we had had a couple bad weeks there. I was getting a little bit gun shy. I was starting to get nervous about crashing. Um, so it was definitely the right thing to do for everybody involved, just to get our, get our heads right, get cars put back together and then be confident in what we had again. And when you're coming out of a dry spell like that, that first win, like the end of July at Attica, is it more of a sense of elation or is it more of a sense of relief that, all right, this thing's finally back on track? Uh, you know, a little bit of both. Um, we were pretty fortunate, obviously, by that point that we had won a few races. So I was confident in what everybody was doing and just needed to just need to get that, know that we could put a whole night together. So it was definitely a little bit of a sense of a re- relief, sense of accomplishment that, um, you know, we had done it and we felt like we were back on track. Now, throughout the year, Attica was your strong point. I mean, you won a lot of races at Attica, but it took you till August to get a win at Fremont. It's almost like a flip of the some of the situation that Nate Dussel was going through where he was really good at Fremont and struggling at Attica. What is so different about those two places that you might run really well at one, but yet not have the success at the other? Um, I mean, the, the tracks are just, pretty far apart and they're the dirt that's on them the way they race um we are still struggling a little bit at fremont that we just don't feel you know at attica we were pretty confident that we could make the decisions and make the adjustments to get the car right and we still at fremont were just 
off that we the cars just seem super sensitive to how it's set up. Um, but yeah, it's that's just kind of interesting to look at that the cars cars that have been fast at one haven't been fast at the other, and you know I. I don't really have a full answer for you. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd probably be fast at both right now. But you yeah, did, exactly. you did though. You were up front last week. You did drop a couple spots, but you were towards the front. Did you start maybe hitting on something last week? Um, I don't know if we, it was as much as hitting on something as it did just starting up front. You know, always helps. Um, you know, we time trialed a little bit better than we have all year there, so that obviously helped. Um, I we're making small steps on it but just not getting that big jump in there that we need to just run as good as we like to every week there gotcha it makes sense and uh you did though your last victory over at wayne county there the pete jacobs memorial that had to be pretty nice to to be able to pocket that after kind of the rough summer and everything yeah it was awesome that wayne county put together that show and that dean jacobs and the jacobs family did that um, you know, for that was a really awesome unsanctioned show, and I kind of wish that a few more cars would have supported it. Um, but you know, for us, it was awesome. It was a really fun race with Jack Hoddenshield the whole race, and you know, it definitely helped. Uh, you know, definitely helped Brett help me out. You know, a little extra bonus money, so nobody was complaining from us. Speaking of bonus money, a couple of big nights ahead here at Fremont Speedway, and you mentioned it's been a little bit of your Achilles heel. You have been, you know, trying to chase it there a little bit. It brings up the question, though, you know, with the all-star format, obviously you're going with a little different deal. You're going to be qualifying within your heat races, and the format's a little different. How do you approach that night a little bit differently than you would, let's say, an Attica Fremont Challenge night there? Um, for us, we don't approach it any different. Um it's the same level preparation, same. Um, so we actually, Attica or Fremont actually kind of runs their program like the all-star format anymore in the sense that you're just qualifying. Like when you draw, you're qualifying against that group of cars already. So we kind of go into it the same. It's a little bit nicer because the all-stars get two laps instead of one. And then the dash setup's slightly different. Um, but for the most part, we just go into the, you know, the same that we have to try and qualify well. And, you know, if we can get ourselves qualified, well, it puts you in the spot to make the dash, make the dash, you're starting towards the, you know, the top 10 of the field, no matter what. And at that point, you've already bettered your odds. So that's, that's our game plan going into it. No matter where it's at, or Fremont, whenever the all-stars show up in Ohio, there's, there's, there's more eyeballs in the grandstands, probably more family, more friends in the grandstands, you know, and you're racing at home. How do you approach that? How do you keep your focus and not let that stuff distract you? Um, for me, that's not really a big issue. You know, it's always about just, you know, trying to get the best results out of the car. Um, I'm pretty fortunate that I've raced with the All-Stars a lot. So to me, it's not a lot of added pressure racing with them. Um, I know it's more we have to race with the Outlaw guys, but, you know, racing with the All-Stars, it's not a second home, but it's I'm familiar, very familiar with this program and how it all works, so it doesn't add a whole lot of pressure for me. Uh, calm, cool, and collected, Cap Henry, hoping to do well this year at Fremont. So we've talked a lot about this year, but uh, t- really, 2020 is or 2021 is not that far away. I was kind of curious, what have you guys talked at all about what you're going to do next season? 
there's no concrete plans, but the plans for the lane number four car is I'll stay on board driving. Zach Myers is going to stay on board as the crew chief. Um, we're going to try and travel out a little bit more. Uh, nothing huge, not accomplished, not stepping on anything like the all-star deal. But uh, we are going to try and travel a little bit more, try and get up into Michigan a little bit more for our, you know, our sponsorship association with New Holland. And, um, you know, just add to the notebook, try and work on our race program, you know, and see what we can do for the future. Now, you've mentioned Zach several times, Zach Myers, your crew chief. It's really hard in this business to find driver crew chief chemistry. And it seems like you guys have it. I mean, for the most part, at least from everything I see, you know, is it something that you guys developed or did it really start clicking right off the bat? Um, so Zach and I actually grew up racing go-karts together. Um, I known Zach for a very long time outside of working on the lane car. And then his dad, Guy Myers was actually the crew chief for me when I drove the Gensman 53 car. Um, Guy worked on all my indoor mini sprints. So I've known the family for a long time. So it was easy bringing Zach on board and he blended in very well and he's done an excellent job for the team. So it's pretty much just old hat, you know, <laughs> since it's someone you've been around your whole life. It's, it's just, it, and it's interesting because you'd think that could go one way or another, you know, knowing someone for so long, you know, that going to work from there, was there any hesitation that you're like, okay, if this doesn't work, this is like one of our family friends. It's almost like family that, you know, there might, you know, if this doesn't work, this could be difficult. No, we had gotten pretty lucky that we had kind of trialed it a little bit. He had helped me at some, because he came on board in 2019. He had helped me at a couple races in 2018. Um, he had helped me with some of my indoor car stuff. So we were fortunate in that sense that we were able to almost trial it a little bit and knew that we could kind of have that working relationship and it still be okay. Okay, so I'm not that far from the New Holland Brewery. I'm only probably about you know, like 25 minutes if I take my time to get there. And and uh, it's, it's my favorite brewery in the area, even before they were on a sprint car. So I've got to ask you, what's your favorite New Holland product? My favorite New Holland product is either the punch that comes in. They've got their... I can't remember the full name of it. It's a punch that comes in a can. Um, they have a Bramble and Vodka out now. Oh, really? And then the Beer, bar the beer Barrel Bourbon and Dr. Pepper is absolutely phenomenal. Really? Now, that's an interesting one. I have, I have not tried that with the Dr. Pepper yet, so that's interesting. That's it a... That's my absolute favorite. It, you can't beat it. See, I'm, you know, usually I'm into the food. I'm into the pepperoni pinwheels as soon as I walk in the door. So <laughs> it's usually, uh, you see, I'm like, or I'm backwards. So I've, only, I've only ever been up to the brewery once, and I don't remember what I got for food, but I remember it was all phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, that's it, it, the, the, this particular, the Holland location is off the chain. The food and the beer pairings are awesome. So, in fact, that's probably where I'll be venturing to here in a couple of weeks once racing calms down a little bit. And Hey, we might actually get an off season this year. That'll be kind of different. So not that we did there you go. In the spring. Yeah. So, well, cap, Hey, wish you best of luck this weekend. I'm glad you took time out to talk to us. And uh, sounds like things are going great for you. It's great to see. I appreciate it. Thank you. That will wrap up this edition of the TJ sideways.com podcast. Thank you to Brian list guy and cap Henry for taking time out of their busy schedules to join me on this Monday evening. 
If you enjoyed these interviews and the other material on TJSlideways.com, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podbean, and now Amazon Music. But most of all, thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. We look forward to doing it again next week. Good night, everyone. Thank you for listening to the TJ Flyway podcast.